Okay, so today is our uh, last installment of the series that we've been going through for quite a couple of weeks called Beyond the Natural. And the title of today's uh, message is A New Heaven and Earth. I, I will be reading out of the ESV and we will be in Revelation chapter 21. Last week we were in Revelation 20, and this week it is Revelation chapter 21. And um, uh, uh, I was thinking about uh, the last trip that I took, and, and, and if you were going away for a long time, what would you bring with you? What would you pack? Uh, I, I used to be a Boy Scout, so I, I believe in being prepared, right? So, so I try to go through all of these checklists of things that I'm going to need to make sure that I don't put myself in a situation that when I get there, I don't have those things. There was a time when you get on an airplane and you could bring anything. I have traveled and I have brought things from around the world that are in our house that it would cost so much to put that on a plane today that you can't have a carry-on. If your carry-on is this size, you got to check it in. You're going to pay $50. And so, so now you really have to even think harder, what uh, am I going to bring? I have doors in my house, and I'm talking about full doors that I brought back from Zambia, four of them. Like, like what I would never be able, if, if I move, those doors are coming with me because I'm not going to be able to, to get that uh, uh, again. Um, but when we now have all of these restrictions, we have to be much more thought out. Uh, what is it that I, that I really need? Now, now imagine that you're going on this long, long trip. And you cannot bring anything that you've bought. All you can bring is the things that you've done. Are, are the things that you've done going to be worth anything? That, that, that's the question. Um, it says in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, chapter 3, where, where Paul is speaking about building on the foundation of Christ, it, it goes on to say, oh, let each one take care how he builds upon it. That's in verse 10. And then it says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone works, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. 
though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So, so, so what that is saying is um, we, we're going to get to heaven. And we can't bring any of the stuff that we bought, um, that, that, we, that we have here. We can only bring with us the things that we've done. Right? And even the things that we've done recognize it has to be our, our righteous deeds. So that doesn't only mean that I did something good. It's why did you do what you did? And if it is not to bring God glory, no matter how good that thing was, the motivation was wrong. And that's going to be burnt up too, just, just to let you know. So there's going to be certain people walking around in heaven and um, they, they're just going to be walking around with their hands in their They might not even have pockets, right? Maybe we're going to have gowns. I don't know what we're going to be wearing, right? But they're not going to have anything to show for the time that they were on this earth. Um, so as we speak about heaven today, one of the things that we want to, to consider is, is speaking about heaven should motivate us about what we're doing here, right? Because one of the things that, that non-believers say is, is when you are considering heaven and, and things in the by and by and things that are over there, uh, like that has nothing to do with reality. But the truth of the matter is, if we really believe that there's a heaven, if we really believe that what we do here matters there, it would change, it would reorganize, it would reprioritize the things that we are doing here. So, so you could say you believe in heaven, but, you know, we have to show and prove. Because if you really believe, then... That's where you're going to be storing up your treasures. If you really believe the energy and the time that you're spending doing things here that are temporal would be secondary. So let's stand for the reading of God's word. Again, we are in Revelation 21, and we're going to be reading the first seven verses, and I'm reading out of the ESV. Uh, hear the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, also he said, Write this down, 
for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord, because as your word says, these words are trustworthy and true. Eternity depends on this. And we thank you that you are a God that cannot lie. We thank you, Lord, that your word stands firm forever. What we desire from you, Lord, what we need, Lord, is for you to so put these truths so deep down in our heart that it would reprioritize everything that we think about life and the things that we do. We want our deeds to be tested in the fire, Lord. We want our motivations to be to bring you glory. Help us minimize any of that. Hey, wood, stubble, Lord. And let us bring with us gold and silver and precious stones. We want our lives, Lord, to bring you glory. So we ask that you would do a work in each one of us, deepen that in our hearts this day. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, church. So, as we've read this, um, a new heaven and a new earth. So often we think it just about heaven. And it is true that when we leave here, we go to heaven, those that are believers, because the Bible says absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and that is a great promise that we have. But there is coming a day where there will be a new heaven and a new earth, just like we've read. An entirely renewed creation that is not marred by sin. See, the earth that as we know it is in travail. The Bible says that sin has even affected the creation. Um, it says that in Romans 8, 22, that all creation is, is affected by sin. So even uh, nature and, and, and the order of things, because of the original sin and the sin of man, uh, all of these things that we see, natural disasters and, and even of the animal kingdom and, and, and the way the animal kingdom interacts with each other and with us, all of those things have been affected by sin. 
It says in Isaiah 11 and 6 that the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. So, so when we're talking about uh, heaven, it's going to look very different than what we used to. See, this is what we're used to, so we see it as the norm and it's the way it's supposed to be. But that, that wasn't the way from the beginning. And then uh, we read that it spoke about um, a holy city. Uh, a city is not a city without its people. So, so when we're talking about a holy city, we're not talking about a building. We're not speaking about cars or infrastructure. We're speaking about the people of that city. Uh, that's who are holy, and that would be us. What, what, we, what we recognize here is uh, we will live on the earth because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. We will live on the earth and... Our king will be King Jesus. There is a way that heaven and earth in times has overlapped. And, and, and we will see that in, in, in this period. Wayne Grudem defines heaven as a place where God most fully makes known his presence to bless. Heaven the place where God most fully makes known his presence to bless. The, great, the greatest manifestation of God's presence to bless is in heaven, where he makes his glory known, uh, where angels and other heavenly creatures and the redeemed saints worship him. So, so what that is saying is, is God is everywhere. But the way he reveals himself is not the same everywhere. So, so in heaven, he reveals himself in a way that his glory is shown. He reveals himself and has angels and the saints that have gone on and creatures there worshiping him because his glory is on display. See, see. There is no place you can go that God isn't. He, he is everywhere. And, and we have to, to understand that, but he reveals himself differently uh, in different places. It says on, in verse 3, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. That is a great statement and something for us to think about. God will dwell with man. God dwelt with man in the Garden of Eden. That, that was a place where, where heaven and earth overlapped. Man was in perfect fellowship with God. 
But because of sin, that changed. And as soon as that changed, man tried to hide himself from God. Man tried to run from God. And, and everything changed from that point. But God in his mercy, even in that, continued to reveal himself to man and to make his dwelling place with man in different ways. So we see an example of that with the presence of the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant, where, where God dwelt there in a similar way that he dwells in heaven, where his glory would be shown different than he reveals himself in other places, because again, he's everywhere. So they had a way that they had to approach God. But it was very clear that God was there and his people had a certain level of access to him. And, and that is just the mercy of God. And moving from the tabernacle in that tent situation, Solomon builds a temple for God. And, and God fills the temple with his presence. And moving from there, Jesus came and tabernacled with man. Emmanuel, God with us. And then to take it even further, now we are God's temple. Us as believers, we are his temple and we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Just for us to, to, to think about that, it's like, thank you, God. There is nothing good in us, but because God dwells in us and calls us his temple, that's why what we do matters. And, and, and not only what we do with our body in, in a negative way, but what we do that God is dwelling in us and what he has called us to do as his holy temple to be light and salt in the world. But there, there is coming a time where we're going to see him face to face. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. What a beautiful picture. What, what a hope that as good as salvation is, there's more. As, as, as confident we can be that God is dwelling with us, he walks beside us, he's guiding us, there's more. We, that's still not the full picture of God. It's veiled. But there's coming a time where we're going to see him face to face. And, and the Bible says that he will wipe away every 
tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. No more death. Separation. No person will ever leave you again. No more mourning, deep sorrow, and sadness, and disappointment. That's going to be gone. No more crying. Because he's going to wipe away every tear. How many things has brought us to the place of, of tears? Where, where our expression of pain is through tears. Like I, I cry all the time, but I cry with spiritual matters. It, it, it's funny because my daughter was having a conversation with someone in school and said, my father cries all the time and did not give context. <laughs> so, so, so the person saw me before and was like, he cries all the time. And she's like, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, Gloria, <laughs> you acted like I stubbed my toe and start crying. Like, could, could you have said, you know, in church, when he's singing, when it comes to spiritual matters? The Bible says there is going to be no more pain. No more pain in our bodies, no more accidents, no, no more um, you wake up in the morning because we won't have to sleep. We, we, you wake up in the morning and you got to get your body going. I know if you're like under 30, you're like, what? It's coming. <laughs> like, I wake up now, and I have to allow my body to warm up, to catch up. I, I, I have jumped out of bed, forgotten my age, and were reminded immediately, those days are over, buddy. Working construction, I had to allow my mind to catch up with, you can't do that anymore. And I'm talking about how fast I'm walking up these steps, that I'll trip going up the steps. There's coming a time where we're going to have a new body. Pain, more than physical, most of the time is emotional. The times when I've been in the deepest pain, it wasn't physical, and I've been through some physical pain. Um, I remember having a motorcycle accident and, and, you know, having road rash, and that hurt, but it did not hurt more than my uh, insensitive nurse, let's call her Jessie, 
scrubbing the grit out of my arm. That, that part hurt more. But emotional pain cuts deeper, lasts longer. Um, it, it rocks your whole body, even the physical aspects of it. That, that's, that's going to be gone. John, when he received this revelation, the heaven was so great that he could hardly describe it. So he started going to, these are the things we're not going to have to deal with anymore. Because the things that he saw were just two magnificent things that we can't even comprehend because we haven't seen them. The citizens of this city are, are God's people. It says in verse 6, to the thirsty, I will give them springs of water of life without payment. In, in other words, they will be satisfied. If, if you think about where this was written, in ancient days, water was very much an issue. Which, let you know, Plumbers have always been extremely important. And, you know, I know that people, when they think about plumbers, they think, ah, ah, until they need one. Because that? Think about what he's saying here. He's saying that to the thirsty, I will give them springs of water without payment. This is the Middle East. This is... This is Israel and the surrounding areas. Water was an issue. Even John writing this letter was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. So his surroundings, his prison walls was water. And, and, and he's saying God is going to satisfy his people. The thing is, when we think about heaven, we often think about it in the way where it's the default position because I know I'm leaving here. So my hope is that that place um, is really there because one for one, people going to leave this place. And, and, and when we think that way, we even think like heaven uh, is going to be boring. Like how much fun is it going to be? God is going to be watching everything that I do. It's, it's almost like when you were a kid and your parents said, we're going to aunt so-and-so's house. And then they gave you the speech. You, you, you know what the speech is. Don't ask for nothing. Don't break nothing. You ain't hungry, and you better sit still. <laughs> I have my eye on you. You, you know you got to go. But you don't really want to. But what do we do? We, we are so comfortable in something that is so much less. God has blessed us. God is with us, but it's going to be better. We, we should be like Paul who's saying, I, I, 
I want to leave because it's better for me to leave, but I'm here for you because what God has called me to do. So, so that means two things. It's going to be better, and we need to have a desire there. But the other thing that it means is I'm, I'm here. So because I'm here, I have something to do that is beneficial for me being in here because I'm walking in the will of God. But if we're not walking in the will of God, what benefit is it that we're here? And what excitement is it to go over there because everything that we bring over there, if we're not walking in his will here, is going to be burnt up. So if we make it there, I was watching a video with, um, with Alan Parr, and he was talking about um, things that we're going to be doing um, in heaven. And the things that he was naming, I just said, this is going to be so awesome. So one of the things he said we're going to be doing in heaven is, is praising God. We're going to be singing. If you think about the time when you were in the deepest worship with other believers, where you can sense like heaven has come down. I am in the audience of angels and others worshiping God in his throne room. Like, that doesn't happen all the time, but I'm sure you've experienced that. It's going to be better than that. It's going to be better than that. We're going to be singing at his throne, in his presence, with all of these other people and angels and creatures, seeing the glory of God and the holiness of God and being able to just attest to what's right in front of us. And not even Heather is going to be able to say, you can't sing, Pastor Reggie. And then there's some people, right, they like come to church like I'll hear like the preaching part. I'm not even about singing, right? But there's going to be so much more. We're going to be able to enjoy God's creation. I don't know how many places you've been, but I've seen some of the most beautiful things in the world. And it always puts me in awe of like, God, if this is your creation in its beauty after it's been damaged by sin, like just imagine like the best vacation you've been on and seen some of the things. And then sometimes I just look out my window because my wife makes sure that the yard stays pristine you know, from her saying and, you know, somewhat doing. And I just think how beautiful. How beautiful God's creation, the birds, the trees, the breeze, like it's, it's, and it's going to be better. 
And then we are going to be able to learn. I love to learn. I've disciplined myself as I've gotten older to, to read. And now I read a lot and I write a lot. But even if I'm going to watch something on TV, it's, it's, um, it's documentaries and, and it's things about history and like things that matter. But imagine we're going to have the best teachers in the world. We're going to sit at the foot of Jesus. We, we're going to be able to talk to the saints of old. One of the things that I like about older people is them sharing their experiences with me. That's one of my favorite things to do is to sit some, with someone that's older than me and like in my day. And then when we do that in heaven, there's not going to be any embellishment. There's not going to be them saying in my day compared to your day. So your day's messed up. It's not going to be that because that's part of it, right? It's going to be this is my testimony. This is what God has done in my life. And, and just like when we hear the testimony of, of others where we can say, oh, God, you are awesome. Like, I'm not crazy. You are doing these things in my life and you're doing these things in the lives of the believers. So imagine all the way back from Adam to Noah to Abraham and be able to sit down and learn and to talk to them. And then and we're going to be able to celebrate and eat. I love to eat. I love good food. The first meal my wife made for me when she was my girlfriend, I was like, we don't have to work on this. She's become a very, very good cook. But imagine being able to just sit there and eat like the finest of foods, right? Well, how awesome that's going to be. Like one of my sons, he's like really fancy and, and he takes us out. And when he, like I've been to the most expensive restaurants that I've ever been with because one of my sons would pay for it. Like I'm a price point kind of guy, right? So if you, if you give me food and it tastes really good, but it costs $75, I'm like, it don't taste $75 good. So what it does to me is like makes me not being able to enjoy it, right? But I can eat a gyro for $5 and be like, this is so good and it only costs $5. It makes it taste better. But that's not even going to be a concern. And then we are going to heaven on assignment. We're going to, to work. You know, work and being creative brings such satisfaction. And especially when you're working for the Lord. We're also going to be able to rest. Again, when you get older, you wake up tired. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even get out of bed yet, I'm tired. But more than anything else, 
is going to be the fellowship. You can go to the most beautiful place. What really matters is who you're with. My, my best times could be in a dusty basement, but who I'm with made it my best times. So we're going to see those that went on before us. We're going to see those that we've, that we've read about and, and wanted to inquire and where we sanitize their lives and all of that kind of stuff, find out like the real deal and what they were really going through. But most of all, we're going to be with our king. Worship team, you can, you can come up. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures furthermore. It is going to be, no matter how beautiful, no matter what the songs are, no matter what the food is, no matter what the mission is, see my king the lover of my soul, the one who saved me. What should that do? What should that picture of heaven do for us today? Because we're not talking about these things that did not affect your todays and your tomorrows. But it should motivate us to live for eternity and not for temporal things. It should have us in a place where we're committed to living a holy life, a consecrated life, meaning, God, I'm here for you. It should bring us to the place to want others to come along so that we would speak to the lost. It should motivate us to do some of the things that we saw on that screen and, and thanked others for, that when, when we recognize this is the place where we get fed, this is our family, that we're gonna be participants in it and what God is doing. And to those that heard this and are not secure in their place with God, should put you in a place where you say, I got to get right with God. Well, last week, we, we spoke about hell and the awfulness of hell. And today, we're speaking about heaven. And, and one of three things are going to happen. We're, we're going to die and we're going to go to hell. We're going to die and we're going to go to heaven. Or Jesus is going to come back. Imagine right now we hear a trumpet blast. And Don ain't over here. He's like sitting in his seat somewhere. And the heavens open up. What's going to happen, saints? We, we need to live that way. 
This is not no pie in the sky. This is real. Heaven is not a frame of mind, a philosophy. It's a place that, that Jesus said, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. None of us are promised tomorrow. And all of us as believers should be in great anticipation, desiring, come, Lord Jesus, come. But whether you're online or in this place, you have to belong to him. You can't be good enough to earn your way into heaven is only being washed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus came into his own creation to pay a debt that you owe, your sin. See, because what God requires in his holiness is perfection. And it is only Jesus that has accomplished that. If there was any other way, he would not have come. But he came into his creation as a servant. The king and creator of the universe because he loved you, because he loved me. And he died on the cross and shed his blood to pay for my sins and yours. That's the message of the gospel. He calls us to repent, to turn away from sin, to come to him. And he waits. He lets you try it your way and come to the end of yourself. He's there with open arms. You see his nail-pierced hands recognizing the price that he paid. It's the only way to heaven. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. The Son is the exact representation of the Father. So if you're in this place, or if you're online, and today you recognize not right with God. He could come back at any moment. He could take me at any moment. I need to make this right. I need to recognize the price that he paid for me and come and give my life to him and then live for him because he died for me. And then he rose from the grave to let you know that death has no power. The bondage to sin that you're in he gives you freedom from. And then he gives you his Holy Spirit to dwell in you, to empower you to not be subject to sin anymore. Because we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. And now we are made alive in Christ. 
So if it is your desire this day to give your life to the Lord, repent of your sins and accept his free gift of grace, I want you to raise your hand. We want to pray for you and God will start you on that journey. See, you got to come to a place where, where you meet him because he's going to meet you right where you are. He knows everything about you. you you're not going to get good and come to him. You can only say, here I am, God. Have your way. I need your mercy. Cover me. Cover my sins with your blood and give me that new life. So if that's you this day, we want to pray for you. I'd like you to raise your hand and we will pray for you. Is there anyone here in this room that wants to come and pray? Would you come forward? And